providing real solutions for real industry challenges. Welcome to FNF Unplugged, the talk of the title industry. Thanks for joining us. Before we talk about the opportunities for women in the title insurance profession, maybe share your backstory. You've got quite a story to share. Well, I started in the title insurance industry in 1982, and I started in an entry-level position uh, in Atlanta. And at the time, like most people in our industry, I just sort of fell into it. Um, but had tremendous opportunities along the way and really rose through the ranks and took on additional leadership roles. And ultimately, uh, about three years ago, ended my career in the industry somewhat. I'm semi-retired at this point. Uh, But at the end of my career with Fidelity National Financial, I was the president of our agency operations across the country. So had about a $2 billion a year revenue responsibility, about 1,500 employees and about 5,000 independent agents that we were responsible for. That's great. What was your key to success in advancing through your career, what did you do that maybe others didn't? You know, that's a great question, Brian. And and I've had the opportunity in uh, recent years to talk with other women about career opportunities and really pursuing those more aggressively. And I would say, uh, you know, when I reflect back on what contributed to my opportunities and my success, I really point to one thing, There were obviously many, but there was one in particular, and I think it was the ability to adapt to changing circumstances. And I look back at my life, and I'm an Army brat. Uh, My dad was career Army, and what do Army brats do? We move. (laughs) So we have to adapt, and I think that that was critical for me in my success and, and the opportunities that I took advantage of because I was willing to take chances that I think oftentimes others were not willing to do. And it was that adaptability, that flexibility, that coming through two major acquisitions and not only surviving those acquisitions, but thriving in them, I think really was the key factor for me in terms of uh, pursuing opportunities and advancing my career. You know, the title insurance profession is obviously dominated by females in the lower management ranks. But as you move up into mid-level management and certainly the executive level, it is a male-dominated business. Why is that? You know, I think there are a number of reasons for it. But you're absolutely right. Your observations are correct. We have a tremendous number of women in our organization and throughout the industry, you know, to a certain level. And I think it's for a few reasons. I think, you know, our industry doesn't necessarily require that you be highly educated. It requires that you be really smart and very hardworking and really committed to what you're doing. And I think women, you know, have all of those attributes and can contribute at that level. But I think what I've seen is that, you know, they reach a certain point and it it becomes comfortable 
on some level. They're working incredibly hard, but they're still able to remain in their same communities, be there for their families, and it stops them from uh, pursuing additional opportunities. In our industry, you know, if you're a, an, an escrow officer, if you're a sales executive, if you're a branch manager, you can be fairly highly compensated. And so I think women can sometimes develop this comfort level with that because they are well compensated and they're not having to push themselves further to pursue other opportunities. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I guess the next question then is, how do we begin to shift this balance where there are greater opportunities in mid-level and senior level executive positions for the many talented women that are out there? I mean, does it necessarily involve relocation, moving, or or is there an opportunity, you know, regionally and locally? Well, there's certainly opportunities both at the local level and at the regional level. Um, one of the things that I have really become passionate about in this next phase of my life, which over the last three years or so, I've really committed myself in my semi-retirement role uh, with Fidelity National Financial to really encouraging women to look for further opportunities to begin to advance their careers, to get more women into positions of leadership and power. And I think that there are things that hold us back as women, but there are things that really can help us be incredibly successful and great contributors within our organizations. So yes, there are opportunities at at that local level or at that regional level, and they're all important, but encouraging women to pursue opportunities at the table, what I call seeking that seat at the table, is really so important, not only for ourselves and our own careers. You know, we can begin to empower ourselves socioeconomically when we seek that seat at the table. But just as importantly, you know, when we have more women in positions of leadership and power, women are great at creating opportunities for others and making a more equitable world for others. And I think that's as important as what we do for ourselves. We're at that inflection point, not only in the world of business, but certainly as a nation where we're really uh, re-examining many of these uh, topics that we're talking about here today. And you, know, you look at the title insurance profession and when the overwhelming majority of the professionals in the business are are female, uh, the management should reflect that, shouldn't it? Ideally, yes. Ideally, yes. But it's a process. And I think that's, you know, that's the role that I, I have taken on at this point in my career is, again, encouraging women to see themselves beyond the current role that they're in. And, you know, one of the things when I talk to groups of women, I often reflect on the imposter syndrome because it's something, you know, it's a symptom of underrepresentation and it's something that women really struggle with much more than men do. And it's been referred to as the silent career killer. And I think we as women often don't 
see ourselves in those sorts of roles. And it is that symptom of underrepresentation. When you don't see people that look like you in the room, then you feel as if you don't belong. So we have to gain the confidence to, to step into those roles and be willing to take risks. Women tend not to be as great a risk taker as men may be. And we have to be willing to take those risks. We also have to be willing to do the things that men have historically done to advance their careers. And it's a challenge for women because we tend to take all these things on ourselves. We have our careers, we take care of our co-workers and the individuals that work for us. And then we go home and we feel responsible for everything on the home front as well. And we're not that great at delegating. You know, we feel like it's just easier to do it ourselves. And that way we'll make sure that we get it done the way we want it done. But that's not necessarily fair to those around us because we have to give others the opportunity to support us in those roles. So there are lots of things that we as women probably take on ourselves that are detrimental ultimately to our careers, but there are things that we can change over time, but it will take time. But things like, you know, being more open to traveling for business, really investing in our careers, um, you know, relocation, it's a tough thing for families and it's harder for women, I think, to make that decision to relocate our families than for men. But it can be an important step in advancing your career and getting the opportunity for leadership roles. Erica, you've lived this for, well, 35 plus years in the industry, uh, most of that in a leadership role and 20, 25 years in an executive leadership role. And, you know, what you're talking about here, it makes a lot of sense, but it feels like we put it all on the woman executive here to, you know, push this. How much of it is that? And how much of it should be from a management perspective saying we need to help, you know, lift women up? You know, that's such an important question. And and I think, you are absolutely right that we have a responsibility, not only for women, but for people of color to make very determined choices and make deliberate choices and find opportunities. And as an organization and as an industry also become risk takers and take a chance on individuals who may not necessarily have at this moment all the right skill set or all the right tools, but have um, a commitment to those individuals to really step forward and, and help them gain leadership roles. You know, I'm, I do a lot of work with Georgia State University in Atlanta, and they have really developed a very deliberate plan to advance people of color um, into positions, not only of leadership, but educational opportunities and so on and so forth. And one of the things that struck me as I was listening to them talk uh, about how they're really looking at this very strategically is they said they, they no longer approach job opportunities 
by what they call post and pray, which is post the job and pray that you get a diverse body of candidates applying for the position. Instead, they really go out and very deliberately seek candidates that are more diverse and more representative of their student body. So I think as an industry and certainly as a company, we need to do a better job of that. Yeah, you said something earlier, too, that really struck me in terms of the military and moving around. And I know your father was... uh, a hero, really, right? Fought in World War II and Vietnam and the Korean War and in between there. And how much of, of your DNA comes from that upbringing? And how important is it for us as parents, you know, for the next generation of young women? I mean, I have a soon-to-be seven-year-old daughter who loves rocket ships and space. <laughs> and, you know, that should be encouraged, right? I mean, it really starts when were kids, right? It definitely does. And, you know, I, I'm an introvert by nature. I was painfully shy as a child. So having to move every year was uh, a, a challenge for me. But I had phenomenal parents and I had a dad who really believed in me. I have three older sisters and three younger brothers. And he they really taught us that we could do anything and be anything. And, you know, I I probably got in my own head more than uh, my parents uh, got in my head at times. But uh, I think ultimately, you know, having that incredible foundation and um, it was a different life for sure growing up in the military. But I think it contributed tremendously to my ability to advance my career and move into leadership roles. Now, you mentioned you're semi-retired. I don't necessarily buy into that. I mean, you're still (laughs) extremely busy, okay? And crisscrossing the country, you're so involved in so many projects, not only, you know, inside the company, but outside the company, too. And I know you're, you know, you've got a lot of personal things you're chasing, too. But what are you doing in this respect outside the company to encourage uh, women and young women in their careers? You know, this has been a tremendous time in my life. And one of the things that I'm grateful for is that I've had the opportunity at um, a reasonably young age to move into a different phase where I can focus on things that I am passionate about. And a lot of those things are around women and leadership and development. So I do a lot of things within the company. I, along with a coworker a couple of years ago, developed our Women's Leadership Initiative, which I'm really excited about. We call it FNF Women Inspire, helping women to build a cohort of uh, like-minded women across the company and across the country that really can rely on one another for support and Um, business advice. But beyond that, I'm spending my time volunteering in several different ways. I got to coach a team of girls on the run, which was so fun, a group of girls in third to fifth grade, encouraging them to be active and athletic, but also helping to teach them leadership skills that hopefully will carry them 
for the rest of their lives. I mentor female students at Georgia State University. I do sit on the Georgia State University Foundation Board and I chair the development committee and we have a women's philanthropy network and I also uh, am involved with that. So I do have a lot of great things going on. Um, I'm involved uh, with a couple of our publicly traded uh, companies sitting on the boards, which I think is, again, an important role for women. We are very underrepresented on public boards, and I would love to see that change over time. But I stay busy. I have plenty of things on my plate, but really my passion is helping women see themselves in a different role. What's it like working with uh, young ladies? You know, you, you have this opportunity here to impart your experience, what you've lived. What's that like, sharing that? I think I get more out of it than they get from me. You know, I always feel like I learned so much, whether it was these young girls in third through fifth grade, you know, the innocence, but the excitement and the passion for life is is just really fantastic to be a part of. And then, you know, working with young women at Georgia State, many of these women come out of very challenging backgrounds. Some of them are immigrants. Many of them are women of color. And, you know, to see them working so hard to pursue their education is really inspiring to me. Okay, last question for you. You have a young woman in her first day on the job in a title company, could be any title company. What's your advice to her? What do you tell her? I think I say to her to trust her own instincts. I think when I was young, I tended to assume that others around me knew more than I did and I should defer to them and rely upon them. But what I learned over time is that I had great instincts and I think most women have great instincts and we need to trust those and rely upon ourselves. Great insight and advice, Erica. We appreciate your time and sharing your story with us. Well, it's great to be a part of this and thank you, Brian. And I will say, you know, I'm encouraged today because I look around our industry and I am seeing more and more women take on leadership roles within our industry. And I think it's great. I think it's going to be great for our industry and certainly great for women coming up. If you have questions, comments, or would like us to feature a specific topic, email fnfeducation at fnf.com. Thanks for downloading FNF Unplugged, a presentation of the FNF family of companies. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent, including Fidelity National Financial or its directors. Please seek legal or financial advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.